Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. Before we get into today's episode, let's pay some bills and hear from our presenting sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision Podcast. I am your host, Khaled Abdallah, and I'm joined today by my fellow host, Salman Huck. What's going on, man? How are you? Yo, what's going on, dude? Not much, not much. So today's topic is the NFC. So as you guys remember, we did a best and worst case scenarios for all of the teams in the National Football Conference. And today we wanted to look back at basically how we did, what went wrong, what we got right, all that stuff. So we're recording this on January 18th, so just before the divisional round. So by the time you hear it, you know, some other things will definitely have happened. Some teams will have gotten knocked out. Probably a couple surprises in the divisional round, as usually happens every year. But for the most part, our predictions were based on regular season success. And some of the predictions we had were about, you know, some of the playoff scenarios and things like that. But, uh, you know, we didn't predict any Super Bowl winners or anything like that. It was more about divisions. So we're going to dive right in. We'll start with the NFC East. So we started with the NFC East last time because they had the highest win total projections. And Salman and I were both aligned. We went. Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders, in that order. And the way it shook out was Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Commanders. So just a little bit of a flip-flop. So we'll start at the top. What did we get right about the Cowboys, and did we get anything wrong about the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys probably uh, outperformed the Eagles, uh, which we didn't expect, right? Uh, they They... Dak actually performed pretty well. Uh, I I think I had said this is going to be probably the beginning of the end of Dak Prescott, but he proved me wrong there. So he he had a pretty solid season, but you know they got bounced in the first round. So I don't know. Maybe maybe you know Dak went back to his old ways there. But I think uh, yeah, we were yeah. we were spot on in terms of like great defense. The defense carried them for a few of these games, but the offense did show up, uh, which which I didn't think was going to happen. You didn't think the offense was going to be good. I I, I was I, I thought you know I, I thought the offense would be okay, but I, mm-hmm. like I said, I I thought Dak was just going to be terrible. Got it, got uh, it. They they were they were they were they were solid. They were good yeah. offense. They were really good defense. Still, mm-hmm. he definitely had one of the best seasons of his regular season career. But obviously, the way things ended in the playoffs. So I mean, we were kind of. I, I guess we were both right in the sense that you know this team is only going to go as far as Dak was going to carry them, but. I think we should have known that the NFC East, right? It's like there hasn't been a repeat champion in like 20, 25 yep, yep. years or something. So we just thought, you know, the Eagles would keep chugging along and the Cowboys would finish second. And there was, you know, a slight switch. It wasn't like there was a huge difference between them. They were both, you know, one was 12 and five, one was 11 and six. So it wasn't like a huge golf. But yeah, I think we were both spot on about the Cowboys. They're a great regular season team as they have been for the last, I don't know, whatever, six, seven years of the DAC era. but. They just flamed out in the playoffs, but you know that's just that's just the Cowboys <laughs> these days. So <laughs> that's just what they do these last last fifteen years. Yeah, basically. Uh, and then for the Eagles, right? We said best case scenario, Super Bowl, win the division, all that stuff. Worst case scenario, they lost some key pieces on defense. They lost both coordinators. They're not as good as last year. So what did we get right? What did we get wrong? Yeah, I think I think we kind of hit on that defense part, right? They lost mm-hmm. a lot of key guys. The defense didn't look the same. But I guess the part we really missed on was 
you know, Jalen Hurts just looking bad this last one month of the season. Uh, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, ever since that Niner game, I mean, you know, Nick Bosa famously is quoted as saying, we gave teams the blueprint, right, uh, to go ahead and stop the Eagles. And, and, and honestly, the Eagles have not looked the same since that game. I don't know if it's just like some internal locker room issues. Jalen Hurts has like been hurt maybe a little bit, things like that. But they just didn't look like the same team that, you know, that we saw up until December. Um, and we were mm-hmm. spot on about the Eagles up until December. And then December came and they just looked like a completely different team that was completely lost. Yeah, at one point they were 10-1. and one. They lost that, that weird game to the Jets, but... All along, people were like, "This is a fraudulent ten and one. Like, this is they're not as good yeah, as, as their right. record shows." It was like, remember a few years back, I think it was the either the last year or the second to last year of, of uh, Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers. They were eleven zero at one point, and then they lost by I don't know thirty points to the Browns in the first round. And people just knew, like, eh, this is you know, it's not. Denny Green used to say, "You are what your record says you are," but sometimes you're not. <laughs> in this case, of the Eagles. <laughs> They were 10 and 1, but they were just fraudulent, right? I think the big thing was losing both coordinators. The defense was beyond terrible. Like, there was no excuse almost for how bad it was down the stretch. And Jalen Hurts, I think, you know, he was hurt. He had the knee injury and then he, he broke, broke his finger. So I think those two factors, when you can't get a stop and your offense is, you know, sometimes literally playing with, with one hand, then I think it's that that's a recipe for underachieving which is i think it's safe to say that's that's what they did despite winning 11 games yeah and then getting flamed out by baker mayfield in the playoffs yeah, yeah. should have seen that coming yeah they finished yeah. the season one and four or the, the last five games they were one and four after starting 10 and one so yeah not great um and then i think we can kind of lump the two last two together but giants and commanders we'll go with the giants first we kind of predicted this. We both both leaned worst case scenario that Daniel Jones was just not the guy. It'd be some injuries, just things would pile up, and they would just underachieve after overachieving last year. So I'd safe to say we got it right about the Giants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they could have done a little bit more if Daniel Jones was maybe healthy, but he was pretty not healthy for most of the season. Um, and they were start, starting Tommy DeVito. So uh, I'm surprised yeah. they finished ahead of the Commanders, honestly. That that's true. I mean, they. I think Tyrod Taylor's is competent. So mm-hmm. when he got, came back in, they won a few games down the stretch. They finished the season two and three, or the last five were two and three with a you know big win against the Eagles that the last week of the season. So they just they started off the worst possible way. They lost forty to zero <laughs> at home to the Cowboys, and it was kind of downhill from there. Dan, Daniel Jones is just getting beat up left and right. Then he tore his ACL, and it was just you know downhill from there. So it's almost a credit to them that they won six games, but they probably wish they didn't win six games so they could draft Daniel Jones' replacement. But anyway, <laughs> we were right. Yep, Commanders. We said if things would go well, then Sam Howell would be the guy. If things did not go well, then Sam Howell was not the guy, and Ron Rivera is not the guy. It was also a weird transitional season because they have the new owners, which happened you know just before the season started. So. It was pretty clear that there was going to be a lot of change. They end up going four and thirteen. They have one of the worst point differentials in the NFC, and they're just you know I think they're picking second in the draft, which is is uh, appropriate for them. But I think we got it right there as well. Yep. Any uh, thoughts on the comments? Not much, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean they 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 hired a great GM here in Adam Peters. Um, so hopefully that's the start of a turnaround here for them. But yeah, abysmal season. Sam Howell's not the guy. He's probably a slightly like average starter. Maybe you could make the case for that. Um, but that's that's about it. Everything else just went wrong, and they they traded away guys like Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So I mean, yeah, they, 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 they were probably... tanking early. Probably won a couple. They probably would have won a couple more games if they started Jacoby Brissett. But it's almost okay that they they went four yeah. thirteen. So they're going to get either Drake May or Caleb Williams. It's a potential Bill Belichick team. So maybe we'll revisit them uh, during the off season if he does end up. Uh, you know, Belichick does end up going to Washington. So yep. NFC North. This one was kind of all over the place. We we differed quite a bit with our uh, mm-hmm. predictions. Your predictions. You picked uh, Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. I picked Vikings, Lions, Packers, Bears. So we were both wrong about the division winners, despite our different opinions about the teams in the division. But we'll start at the top, the Detroit Lions. So best case scenario, Jared Goff is good. The defense is better. They have a ton of weapons. Their offense is lights out at home. Their defense is just good enough to, you know, be passable and and win, you know, a couple games, get some stops here and there. They end up 12 and 5, which is their best record in 30 years. They win a playoff game for the first time in 30 years. So, what did you get right and what did you get wrong about the Lions? Because I remember you being pretty, you being pretty wrong. <laughs> I, I was, I'll admit it, I was super wrong about the Lions here. Uh, I thought they were going to regress a little bit. Um, I think they also got helped out a little bit with, you know, the Vikings having that Kirk Cousins injury as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think overall, like, it was the best case scenario for them. And I was picking in the worst case scenario against them. And so Goff looked like a pretty above average starter. Uh, their defense was pretty solid. They they seemed to have come on a bit. Um, and so they're they're making progressions. And, you know, who knows? We might see the Lions in the NFC Championship game. We might see the Lions in the Super Bowl. We don't know. Um, I mean, it's, yeah. It's, again, we're recording that, yeah. this on the on the 18th, couple yeah. days before the the uh, divisional round. They're playing the the Buccaneers, so that's a game they should win. I think they're favored by at least a touchdown, if not more. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, I think one thing both of us couldn't have predicted was how good the rookie class would be. You know, mm-hmm. they got 20, I think 20 or 21 touchdowns total from Sam Laporta, who's like all of a sudden looking like the best tight end in the league. Jameer Gibbs looks like one of the most explosive weapons in the league. So those two guys, I mean, I think we undersold how good they could be. So, but, you know, I, I definitely thought they would be good. I didn't pick them to win the division, but, you know, I thought they'd be a playoff team at least. Yep. yep. So the team that finished second was the Green Bay Packers. They went nine and eight. So just a tad over 500. I had them as third in the division. You had them winning the division. I think the best case scenario was about Jordan Love taking that leap, the other receivers taking a leap, those young guys, the defense being, again, okay, good enough to get them in, and that that's pretty much what happened. So what made you believe that Jordan Love was going to be the answer coming into the season? Yeah, no, I, I just, I mean, it's, I felt like his situation was very similar to when Aaron Rodgers inherited the team from Brett Favre. He had a lot of time to learn. Um, that's kind of been the Packers approach and then they turn out great quarterbacks that way. So I thought, you know, it took Jordan, I think it, Jordan Love struggled a little early on in the season and the Packers could have had a much better record, but you know, those were the growing pains of being a first time starter and 
they snuck in and Jordan Love's been actually, I think like over the last like one month of the season, he's been playing like a top five quarterback. So uh, he's, he's a scary quarterback to play against. And, you know, I'm not looking forward to it uh, when we play the Green Bay Packers here, but they yeah. are, they are a very hot team. They, they finished the season very hot. Their last five, they were three and two. Again, I think they were also helped out by the the Kirk Cousins injury because they got yep, 100%. you know they got to go into Minnesota playing against Jaron Hall, which is a, a different question or different uh, challenge compared to Kirk Cousins. But I think my fear was that Jordan Love was going to be just okay. I didn't think they had enough weapons. I thought the defense was going to be again just okay. So I thought you know I was like okay they'll be in the six seven win range and. But I think I I was looking like I was right in the beginning of you're the close. season. You're, you're were about like, to you're about to hit it, and then they, they were like just, two or three know, or Love. something like that. Yeah, yeah. and then I and remember then Jordan Love just turned it on. Exactly, I remember watching him against the Raiders in primetime on Sunday night, and I was like, "Eesh, I don't, uh, this guy, I don't know." You know, we had a lot of questions. He he threw a couple really bad interceptions where it was just like mental mistakes where he's not seeing the linebacker and things like that. And he just he just didn't look comfortable. He didn't look confident. And then I think that that win on Thanksgiving against the Lions just kind of turned things around. And all of a sudden they're, you know, fighting for a playoff spot and they're nine, you know, above 500. And they go into Dallas and have one of the bigger upsets. I think they were a 10 point dog going into that game. So it was a a, a remarkable turnaround for this uh, this team. And the fact that I think Aaron Jones missed a lot of the season, then he came back healthy mm-hmm. and fresh at the end. and. So it's just like a lot of factors, but I think, um, you know, they have a, a bright future. I think we can definitely say. So 100%. The Vikings. I picked them to win the division. You picked them to finish second ahead of the Lions. They just got devastated by injury, right? That was just the worst case scenario. But even before that, we talked about their 10-0 and or 11-0 in, in one-score games in the 2022 season. That was definitely not the case, even with Kirk Cousins. but. They definitely had a fighting chance. I think they were two and three or something like that. They were fighting back and had a chance to at least challenge for a wild card spot before everything just kind of went to shit for them with with all the injuries. So what made you think that the Vikings were going to finish second in the division? And of course, you know, I think it's pretty obvious, but, you know, what did we get wrong about the, the Vikings? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, right, healthy Kirk Cousins. We, I think we had, both of us had just watched the the quarterback show on Netflix. We were super like, oh man, Kirk Cousins is a tough dude, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna make it through, um, and unfortunately, that didn't happen, but, you know, the last game, I think, before his injury, he took down the 49ers in, in prime time, uh, so, and he, he played really well that game, so, I think, you know, <clears throat> that's why we thought the Vikings could have won the division or finished second, mm-hmm. uh, it was, it was really on Kirk Cousins, and then, obviously, the Justin Jefferson injury, things just started piling up, and that's kind of the beginning of the end there for the Vikings, uh, so we'll see. I don't know if Kirk Cousins stays on the Minnesota Vikings. It'll be a very interesting offseason for those guys. Um, and we'll see what, what we predict them for next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he'll have a lot of suitors. I mean, he's 36, 35, 36, but coming off the Achilles, but it's it's the modern era. I don't know. I think he'll have a lot of teams coming after him. But yeah, it's, it's so. pretty simple. You lose your starting quarterback, you lose your starting wide receiver, things are just not, not going to go well. So the Bears... This was a really interesting team. We both had them finishing last in the uh, in the division, but I think we had different opinions of how bad or good they would look. They end up seven and ten. They have a minus nineteen point differential, so you know pretty fine margins there. If I recall correctly, 
you thought they were going to be terrible. I thought they were going to be, you know, around this range, six, seven wins. Uh, what did we get right? What did we get wrong about the Bears? Yeah, I think for me, I was thinking their defense was just going to be awful. Um, and, and it was to start the season, and then they make mm-hmm. that Montez Sweat trade. They actually become a pretty solid defense after that trade. Uh, and then I thought, you know, Justin Fields, he's just an old average quarterback. Uh, will he really figure it out? And he, he seemed to, he, he got hurt, but he seemed to have stretches where it looked like he can be the guy. Uh, but there's obviously questions around, will the Bears bring him back? Because they have the number one pick from the Panthers. Uh, so, you know, the thing, mm-hmm. he, he started off the season strong, got hurt, and then kind of came back a, again and sh- showed like he could be the guy. But I think the Bears, uh, I was wrong. They, they didn't look absolutely horrendous. They looked pretty, <laughs> pretty average. Um, but they still finished last year. And I think, yeah. you know, depending on what they do at quarterback, they might have a good team going into next season. Yeah, I think there's a world where if he doesn't miss those three, four games in the middle of the season and not starting Tyson Badgett, I think Tyson Badgett went one and three. He'll beat the Raiders, lost to the Chargers, lost to the Saints, and then lost, I think, to the Commanders. Was it? Or maybe they beat the Commanders. I'm not sure. But anyway, if Justin Fields is out there, maybe they win two more games and they're the ones that are 9-8 and eight and finishing the division. I mean, he had a chance. They were still technically kind of alive the last season or the last game of the season against the Packers, and I think he just they they didn't show up. But the defense, like you said, was was the big difference. They were awful in the beginning. They make that Montez Sweat trade, like you said, and then the last half of the season they were not a dominant defense, but pretty close to being you know a dominant defense, which I think gives them a lot of confidence going into next year. But to me, the the Justin Fields era is over. I think he's just, he's good, but he's not, I don't think he's good enough to carry a team. And I think it's impossible to pass up on the opportunity that Caleb Williams provides as, you know, a potential generational. Like, I think we can say, like, with 100% certainty that Justin Fields is not a generational quarterback, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think, I think, uh, I think that's the point. But, do we know for sure that Caleb Williams and Drake may are? No, know, absolutely right? not. But you got That's the point. You got to. You got to gamble, right? It's like you got to gamble. You know. Yeah, I mean, but you can win with Justin Fields. I don't know if you can win with those guys yet. You have to. That's the gamble. But you right? also have to pay Justin Fields. That that's, that's the other you factor, you do right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just go on record and I'll say the Bears absolutely should draft Caleb Williams with the number one pick. It's not every year that you get two picks in the top ten. Like they have, and you got to take advantage with it with the potential, you know, big swing at, at quarterback. So, the NFC South, this one, this division was all over the place. So, your prediction, we're actually pretty much pretty closely aligned. You said Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Bucks. I said Saints, Falcons, Bucks, Panthers. <laughs> so, uh, we were at least I was right about the <laughs> about the Panthers. <laughs> Uh, that, but yeah, you got one thing right in this division. Yeah, right. Well, this division was kind of goofy, right? It was basically uh, open until the end of the season. It was they were really all clustered together at the top. You know, the Bucks were nine and eight, the Saints were nine and eight, the Falcons were seven and ten, and the Panthers were two and fifteen. So aside from the Panthers, who finished with the worst like record in the league, everybody else was kind of clustered at the top. So we'll start with the Buccaneers. They obviously won the division by very close margins. I think they 
won the division because they had the better conference record. So them and the Saints had the same divisional record, but the con- the in the conference, which for some reason is the tiebreaker, I don't know why that's the case, but that was the case. So what did we get wrong about the Bucks? Because clearly we were both very wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were. Very, I was very very wrong. Uh, um, I think it was two things. One was we underestimated Baker Mayfield. Um, in terms of how well he actually played this season. Uh, you know, we're like, oh, it's Baker Mayfield. He was terrible on the Panthers. He was not that great on the Rams last year. So, you know, he's just going to come in, be a below average quarterback, and that's that's it. That's the writing on the wall for the Bucks. Defense is not going to be that good. And actually, all both those things turned out wrong. Baker Mayfield was an average to an above average starter. Uh, there were games where he looked really good. And then their defense was actually pretty solid with the guys they had uh, still there. So I think that both those combination combination of things actually made them a much better team than we anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had, I think, one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL, but they had a really good run defense. So they were at least mm-hmm. good at one of those things. And Baker, I think the bigger concern for me was just like his health. Like he wasn't, he hasn't been able to stay healthy for, you know, two, three years now. Just, you know, and, and eventually, I, I think one thing that you you said during our original pod, which I remember, is that he was going to win some games on accident because of the weapons that, <laughs> that he, he had. <laughs> yeah, the, basically. And then you think about it, you're like, okay, outside, you know, he has Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Those two guys, when healthy, are probably a top five duo in the NFL. I mean, yeah, I think that's fair to say. Top 10, if we want to, like, yep. be really stringent. Yep. but. He had two great receivers on the outside. Rashad White was a, a revelation uh, as a running back. He was a you know great versatile weapon for them. So I think there's a very they won it by fine margins basically, and then they end up getting kind of lucky with with the Eagles who are on the downturn. I think in in most cases, like in most seasons, if you play the season out, you know another ten times, they're probably seven and ten or six and eleven yep. or whatever. So. It it's kind of a mixed bag. I think he's going to get an extension with the Bucks. I think he's earned it, but I don't think it, they're going to come into next season saying like, okay, like, you know, we have a we're going to repeat as as division winners just because of you know they 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 barely won it and that's okay. Yeah. We just we, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to give us uh you know too much of a hard time for thinking that they wouldn't be great, but you know, credit I mean, let's to be them. Real. Who who uh who who was picking the Bucks to win the division? I don't, I don't think anyone was. Not a soul. I will say that. Nobody outside of the Tampa Bay area. <laughs> I even think the that. Tampa Bay fans weren't picking them to win the division. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the next team, the New Orleans Saints, they went 9-8. and eight. I had them winning the division. So did you. They had the best point differential in the division. They won. They, they were plus 75. And again, they lost out on the division because of a conference tiebreaker because they split the season series with the Buccaneers. So what did we get right? What did we get wrong about the Saints? Yeah, I, I think we were pretty spot on about the Saints, like in terms of how we viewed them coming into the season. Obviously, the thing that went wrong was Derek Carr got hurt. Um, so he didn't play a few games. He had that elbow injury, right? I think it was elbow injury. He didn't. Uh, it was weird because he didn't miss and any concussion, games. And then he had like he the concussion, was, right? Like he yeah. had some weird things going on with him. So he didn't, he, he didn't miss any games. I thought he missed a game or two. He was like, he got know? knocked out at halftime against the Packers. Okay. So early on the season, then he got knocked out around the third quarter against the Lions when they were making a comeback. So 
there was a few games where he got knocked out of them oh, against Minnesota mm, okay. as well. Got him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he didn't miss any games, so he's he's a tough okay. SOB. I'll say that. Yeah, and so I think you know th- when that happens, you lose your starting quarterback halfway through the game. Things can go wrong. You lose some of those games. Um, and you know, I don't know. I it just there was times where it just didn't seem like you know. Derek Carr was fully healthy, like based on some of the some of the way some of the throws he was making, some of the way he was seeing the game. Like there were just games where it just looked he was off, right? And mm-hmm. but then on the flip side, there were games where he was like 100 percent on, and we saw him utilize his weapons and play really well. Um, so I think that was kind of maybe where we sort of got it wrong, where Derek Carr was not exactly the quarterback we thought he was going to be. But I think a lot of that was like when you get knocked out three three different games um and you have shoulder problems and elbow problems and all these things going on in the season it's it's hard mm-hmm. to be that quarterback that you know people want you to be yeah i think this was a really weird team very jekyll and hyde type team yep. um you know i think there was some issues initially with the offense they were just not on the same page car with his receivers there was a lot of shuffling in and out a lot of injuries michael thomas played a few games and bounced out kamara missed a couple games cuz suspension just a lot of kind of a revolving door. But this is the team that, you know, went into New England, kicked the shit out of the Patriots. They blew out the Bucks a couple weeks before. They blew out the Falcons. You know, they went four and one to end the season. But at the same time, they go into Minnesota and get blown out. They lose. They basically get blown out by the Rams. They make a comeback, but it wasn't a close game. So it was just a really up and down team. But we thought they would be, you know, nine, ten wins. So we were right. Yep. about that we were it just we just didn't predict that the bucks would be right there with them and you know again win by win the division by a, a tiebreaker essentially yep so the atlanta falcons we both had them finishing second in the division they finished third what did we get right and what do you what did we get wrong about the falcons <laughs> yeah i mean i i think we we're pretty spot on when we're like you know arthur smith is the head coach of this team the offense is not gonna be that great that's exactly what happened. There were moments where they did look good, um, but then you know Arthur Smith was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not going to allow this to happen. I'm going to put Desmond Ritter back in when Taylor Heineke was there and and keep flip flopping on those quarterbacks." That was that was the weirdest situation. Not utilizing the guy you picked in with the top ten pick in Bijan Robinson. Uh, some games it was it was just weird. It was just a weird situation, and I think you know they they achieved better than what what maybe some people thought um, based on like the situation with their quarterbacks where they went Desmond Ritter, Tyler Heineke, Desmond Ritter, Tiny Heineke, you know, I, um, when they started doing that, I was like, what are the Falcons doing? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I think you get a real quarterback in on that team, uh, get him a coach like Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, maybe. And I can't ooh, believe Bill Belichick. Yeah. Is, uh, he interviewed there. I can't believe I it either. I'm loving the jokes yeah. about like, what does an interview with Bill Belichick look like? And it's like, it's obvious he's going to be interviewing you. That's what it is when people are talking about, oh, what is what are you going to talk to Bill Belichick three hours? Like, what are you going to ask him? It's like, no, no, he's interviewing you, your organization. He's seeing what your setup is like, all that stuff. But anyway, the Falcons, like you said, we were both pretty spot on. We both knew that the Desmond Ritter quarterback situation was not going to last for long, and it didn't. But what I didn't expect was that flip-flopping. It's like, Either commit to one guy, bring in somebody else, this flip-flopping. I want to say it was Bill Belich, Bill, Bill Parcells, maybe. Somebody said, you know, if you have two quarterbacks that you're constantly going to, you don't have any quarterbacks. So you have to stick with one guy, build that confidence, do all that stuff. And it's clear Desmond Ritter's not the guy. 
But like you said, it was just weird. They have all these weapons on offense. They have like a potentially elite group of weapons. We saw Bijan doing crazy stuff. We saw Kyle Pitts doing making crazy plays. Drake London is an above average. He's good. <laughs> just downright good. And they just couldn't take advantage of that. And their defense was was pretty solid as well. So this is a, a team that like you said, right quarterback, right coach. Hopefully it's not Bill Belichick <laughs> as somebody that's rooting for the Saints right now. Uh, but they get the right guy in there and they're all of a sudden they're going to be competitive and fighting for this division. So I think, again, we were pretty spot on here. The last team, the Panthers, they finished last in the division. You had them finishing third. I had them finishing last. So what what went wrong for the for the Panthers or was this kind of what we expected? Uh, I have maybe had a little higher expectations of Bryce Young. Um, clearly, he, he did not look that good. Uh, he's already getting the bus label here after one year, which is, I think, a little unfair. Um, but I think, you know, the Panthers' offensive line was not great, and so that's con- contributed a little bit to the struggles. Miles Sanders wasn't the weapon we thought he was. Uh, Adam Thielen kind of had a, you know, surprisingly good season, but that was about the only bright spot there on the Panthers, and their defense did not look good at all. Uh, where Actually, the defense they was pretty good. They, they had a an, a pretty, I want to say they were like a top 10 defense. Were they really? Okay, I thought they were not. I mean, they, I know they had some games where they held teams to like like the Bucks and things like mm-hmm. that to like like three points uh, and they still lost the game or something like that. Like they, they've had, I guess the offense was just horrendous. Maybe that's, maybe that's yeah. the real issue is the offense was just really, really bad. I think like they were like number 32 in the league, right, in terms of offensive ranking for sure. Yeah. Um, so I maybe think for, for all the reasons that you pointed out, I mean, they just, Bryce Young, <laughs> it's hard to evaluate him based on this season just because Frank Reich was just not the right coach for him. The offensive line was awful. One of the worst. He was just constantly getting beat up. And all of his receivers and his weapons were just trash. I don't think you could name the tight end. I, I want to say they had a tight end that was like, that retired midseason for some uh, con- like a concussion he had some like brain brain damage something crazy like that and all of their receivers were just kind of eh. you know you said Adam Thielen had a good season I think he just he was the only guy there yeah, it's like some, he's the only guy you could catch the ball right you know yeah if you're down 25 30 points you're gonna be throwing the ball like somebody has to catch it eventually right you're playing against a prevent defense somebody's gonna catch the ball and honestly it's a surprise that they won two games it, it, the way that their, I mean, I guess their their defense was was pretty good at some points. They had a really good pass defense, if I remember correctly. But they just, this was just a nothing team, and it's just a just disaster that they get the number one pick again. And they, well, they have to trade up for the number one pick last year, but they get the number one pick, and they don't even get to pick, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. or somebody like that. So um, it's kind of a yeah, tragedy. I, I think they made yeah. the they made the mistake of trading up for Bryce Young. I mean, when they could have just waited and gotten Caleb Williams again. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. They probably would have started Andy Dalton, but I mean he was good enough to win, I don't know, maybe I mean, four start or five games. You want so. and get another number one pick and you know, draft where you were and figure it out from there. Like I think they could have sat where they were and got an Anthony Richardson, right? Um, so I don't know. Yeah, probably. Think, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what the Panthers were doing. I don't know why they made that trade and now it's cost them a number one pick. Yeah, I don't think the Panthers know what they're doing either. Um, <laughs> so last but definitely not least, the NFC West. So we were both aligned in terms of predictions. We said 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. It ended up being 49ers, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, 
So we'll start with the Niners. I think we were both pretty spot on here, but did we get anything wrong about the 49ers? I don't think we did. No, I don't I don't think we did. Maybe maybe you were hating on Brock Purdy, I don't know, but uh <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Uh no, I, I I think we thought this is exactly how it was gonna go for the Niners. If they got Bosa back in tow. Uh I think when we were recording we weren't sure if Bosa was coming back and then a few days That's later right, we yeah. ended up signing. Um so I, I this is exactly how we thought it was gonna play out for the Niners. There was a stretch where I was a little worried where they lost three straight games. That was a little concerning. You're like, uh oh, what's going on here? Losing to the Browns, losing to the Vikings. Uh can't even remember the third team we lost to now. Is that, that irrelevant? Bengals, that's what it was. Bengals at home. Yeah. I see you keeping track, Holland. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a big game. It was still when Joe Burrow was there. I was proud of myself in <laughs> that game, right? I think I picked the Bengals to win that game. Yeah, and then, you know, surprisingly get a bye and then uh things get back on track here. So outside of that, I mean that was the only part of the season where it looked kind of a little iffy at that point, but yeah. We're back on track. Uh, I think the Niners are the favorite out of the NFC. So by far, I think that's exactly, I think they're the yeah, Super that, Bowl. Well, maybe not the Super Bowl favorite because they lost to the Ravens. I think the but, Ravens. Yeah, I think the Ravens are more favored to win the Super Bowl than yeah. the Niners. But I think I think the the Super Bowl matchup that's favored is Ravens Niners. Yeah, which would be awesome. I don't so, want to see that. Colin. I don't want to see that again. Oh, well, you don't want to see the Ravens, but I, I get it. It'd be fun for the neutral fan or the non-neutral fan like me. Um, yeah, it would, it went exactly as we, we predicted. Like you said, we didn't know if Bosa was going to sign or hold out and he signed pretty quickly after we, we recorded the pod and we just said, you know, if everyone is healthy, this is the best team in the NFC. This is the best defense. This is the best group of weapons, all that stuff. And then, like you said, during that, that three game stretch, it was the same time that, um, you lost Trent Williams, you lost Debo Samuel. So two of the, the elite guys on the team two of the all pro guys on the team. So, but yeah, the rest of the the season went exactly as, as we thought it would. And now we get to see what this team looks like, um, you know, at home against some elite competition and they'll likely, you know, they're, they are, like you said, the favorites to, to make the Super Bowl. The next team, the Rams, I think we definitely got this very wrong. Both of us, I think, were were both saying that they would finish third in the division, and if the Cardinals weren't there, we would have picked them to finish last in the division. So what did we get wrong about the, the Rams? Yeah, I, I think we were uh, pretty wrong in terms of the decline of Matthew Stafford. Um, he actually was stayed relatively healthy. I think maybe he missed one game, two games. Uh Maybe, like maybe, maybe even half a game, if that. I think uh, against so he, the Cowboys, he missed that game. That's what it was. Yeah, he missed one game there. Um, but he's relatively healthy, and he looked pretty solid. Uh, I know Cooper Cup got hurt early on, but they had this uh, emergence of this rookie, uh, Puka Nakao, right? And he looked pretty good. So it, Yeah, pretty good is, looked, is an understatement. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, he looked amazing. And then yeah. Kyron Williams came onto the scene, and he looked amazing. So... They somehow found weapons out of guys that nobody thought were weapons, right? And I think their defense did not struggle like we thought they would have. Uh, still a pretty decent defense. I mean, I think they were league average, I, I, if, if that's mm-hmm. right, Paul. Um, so, and I think they got helped a little bit with the struggles of Seattle, um, and, and, and that propelled them up here. But yeah, they, they I want to say not they look were as bad as we thought they were. No, absolutely. I think going into the season, right, it was Cooper Cup was going to miss four or five games with that hamstring yep. injury. He was on IR. We're like, oh, Matt Stafford didn't finish last season because of a freaking spinal injury. So 
were basically saying, okay, he's probably not going to finish this season. There was even talk about him retiring. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, they win 10 games. I think the one thing that we didn't predict, I don't think anybody could have predicted was how amazing these young guys were going to be. This rookie class was going to be, you get a top, an all pro, literally an all pro wide receiver. I think he's first team all pro Puka Nakua in the fifth round. Kyron Williams, like you said, and then on defense, they draft a guy, Kobe Turner. I think he was a mid-round pick. He's like a defensive rookie of the year candidate. Byron Byron Young, another D lineman. I know everybody's going to look better next to Aaron Donald, but you still have to be good. <laughs> These guys yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. You know, so this was a team that I think on paper we looked at, you know, we're like, oh, there's nothing remarkable about this team. Who the hell is Kyron Williams? Oh, who is this Nakua kid out of, you know, BYU? Like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm sure he'll catch some passes because he's the only guy on the team. But it ended up being he's, like I said, an all-pro receiver, and everything just kind of worked out for them. And they were neck and neck with Seattle. I mean, Seattle was only, you know, one game behind them. But we definitely didn't predict how well things would have turned out. And, they, of course, they lose by one point on the road for some questionable calls in Detroit. And you know, a couple snaps go their way and all of a sudden it's them playing the Niners in the divisional round, or I think they would have played the Eagles, whatever it was, or the, the Bucks. About Lions. <laughs> no, they would have, uh, they <laughs> would have played, played the Lions. They would have played, they would have played, well, if they beat the Lions, they would have played the Bucks. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So the yeah. And then they, low seed. yeah. And then all of a sudden they might've made the NFC championship <laughs> game because they yeah. probably would have been favored even in Tampa. So anyway, Definitely just everything went right when we thought it was going to go wrong. Uh, next, the Seattle Seahawks, they were 9-8. and eight. They had a minus 38-point differential, uh, and we picked them to finish second in the division. I think we were pretty spot on. Maybe there were some things about you know, the offense and Geno that maybe we didn't predict, but what did we get right and wrong about the Seahawks? No, I, I, I agree with your assessment. I think we were pretty spot on. We kind of, I think we we're hovering around 10 wins for the Seahawks, right? They came in at nine. Uh, I think, yeah, like you said, right, there's some Geno kind of regressed a little bit. Um, The offense didn't look as sharp at certain times in the season as it should have. Uh, It it definitely was not humming like it was last season. I think even the defense was just, uh, there were some regression points in their defense too. But, uh, you know, it was just, they were just an average team. And that's that's turned out what it it ended up being, where we thought they might have been slightly above average based on Mm -hmm. last year. Um, Yeah, I think we were both... picking them to be yep. a wild card team and they, yep. you know, it, it's, I think you're on point if you're like, okay, if, if you're on track to potentially get a wild card spot in the last week of the season, which is the, the spot they were in, you know, I think they've got eliminated before kickoff or maybe halfway through the, the mm-hmm. Cardinals game, yep. but yeah, they were nine and eight. Geno Smith missed a, a game or two. Um, they were just really bad in the red zone. From what I recall, there was just a couple games where they just, had chances to win it. Gino couldn't get the job done. And I think they probably know he's not the long-term answer there anymore. And they're probably going to start exploring some options there. They end up firing Pete Carroll. So who the hell knows who the coach is going to be. So, you know, I, I think a year or two, Osama and I did a, uh, you know, Legion of Boom, Boom retrospective because they the era was officially over, right? Bobby Wagner was gone. They realized back, but they traded Russell Wilson. <laughs> But Pete Carroll was still there. So now there's a lot of questions about what is this team going to look like moving forward. They're obviously entering a new era. He was there for a long time, I think 10, 15 years. So 
lot of questions to be asked about the Seahawks. Lastly, the Arizona Cardinals. We both picked them to finish last. They went 4-13. and 13. I think, you know, things went just about as we predicted, but was there anything that we got wrong about the Arizona Cardinals? No, I don't think so, but I do think you said it would be the end of the Kyler Murray era in Arizona. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's sticking around there. Yeah, yeah, that was the big thing. I thought my gut was telling me, okay, he's going to miss, you know, the first eight games of the season. They're going to be, you know, 0 and 8, 1 and 7, whatever it was. And they were either going to just basically shut him down for the rest of the year because he's coming off of ACL and then look to trade him, or they were going to move him during the year, which I think is, is less likely. But he looked really good. You know, I think they, they're picking in the top five. They have a chance to get Marvin Harrison Jr. I think they're picking fourth, I want to say. Are they, are uh, they picking know, behind the Patriots? Yeah, I think top four is, is you know, uh, Bears by way of Panthers, the Commanders, the Patriots, and then the Cardinals. So you think, think Cardinals, yeah. you know, you go three for three on quarterbacks, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there and you can get the best wide receiver prospect since, I don't know, Calvin Johnson. So... That team is yep. going to look interesting next year. I think Kyler Murray answered some questions about his durability, and he's like, okay, I'm back. You know, I think the first game he came back, he was running around just like he was before the injury. But, you know, it's the ACL, and it's, again, 2023, 2024. So these things just don't don't affect you as much as they used to. But, yeah, so – and, and uh, Jonathan Gannon, I definitely did not think he was going to be a half-decent coach. They won some games that they shouldn't have. They beat the Cowboys with Josh Dobbs. They went into Philadelphia and they beat the Eagles. So they even overachieved despite winning the four games. And they, again, they probably hope, they probably wish they didn't. But again, they're setting the tone and they're establishing some groundwork. So yeah, I guess the, the Cardinals were exactly where we predicted them. So that, that's it for the, the retrospective. Do you have any, any thoughts about the, uh, about the playoffs? I know we're a couple days away from the divisional round. But, um, yeah, I want to hear your Super Bowl predictions. <laughs> Niners Ravens. Niners Ravens, yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard It's hard to argue with that. I mean, Baltimore looks like they're going to run through that AFC. I don't really see anyone opposing them. Maybe Kansas City, maybe the yeah. Bills, maybe. But their defense was nasty, will continue to be nasty. The only thing that can stop them is an injury to Lamar. That's really it. Yep, pretty much. So, What was your biggest... Yeah, we don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Um, no. What was your biggest surprise, and what was your biggest disappointment from the uh, the NFC? We'll start with biggest surprise. Biggest surprise. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's the Bucks winning the division. That was the biggest surprise for me. There, uh, I did not see that coming. Um, that 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 was that was amazing that the Bucks are even in the divisional round right here of the playoffs. Like that that is beyond shocking to me. Yeah, I think they were favored um, to win like four or five games. So to win even to double that is is pretty ridic- uh, yeah. ridiculous. So biggest disappointment. It's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, biggest disappointment is is the Eagles. I think um, just just kind of how their season ended. Uh, you know, they were coming off that Super Bowl uh, high. People are like, you know, this team looks pretty good. They're gonna be back in it. Everything um, just didn't happen. I guess you know. It's it's uh it was a disappointment to see that happen and I guess mm-hmm. that's the, the the curse of winning this losing the Super Bowl right yep um, yeah it kind of so- came in like a a different way you usually don't see it where a team starts ten and one right. usually the Super Bowl loser hangover is 
you know, you don't even it's, make the it's playoffs. More pronounced. Yeah, yeah exactly. Pronounced. Instead, they're you know probably like the worst eleven and six. I mean, their net point differential was five. Wow, <laughs> they were wow. plus five despite you know oh, wow. winning eleven games. So that that says a lot, I think, about the team. Uh, for me, I think other than the Bucks, I want to say the Packers were the biggest mm-hmm. surprise for me, um, especially the way things started. I was like, oh man, like I didn't think they were going to give up on Jordan Love after the season, but I thought you know this was just like an, a rebuilding year. You know, Aaron Rodgers is gone. Let's kind of trim the fat, get rid of some of the other guys there, and we'll come back next year and, and fight for the division. Uh, biggest disappointment, I guess the Eagles, but, you know, kind of we saw it happening. We're like, okay, you know, Super Bowl hangover. They lost to both coordinators. So the more you think about it, it made a little more sense. I think for me, the biggest disappointment was probably the Vikings, just because of mm. the injuries and things like that. Yeah. I really thought they would win the division. And I think they still have more talent than anybody else in that, you know, maybe they're neck and neck with Detroit, but obviously injuries and things like that just completely derailed the season. So again, we're recording this on the 18th of January. So a couple of days before the divisional round, we'll see how things shake out. Definitely do some more pods before <clears throat> the Super Bowl, And we appreciate you guys listening make sure to check us out on all the major platforms at 4040 vision pod. That's Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all that good stuff. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you so much. Thanks, man. Peace.